By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. The Film Review, movies, music, culture, politics, society podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on Facebook at Crazon Dion. Hey everybody, this is Lunell, the original bad girl of comedy. I'm here at the Link Promenade in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and you're watching the Film Review. This is another great episode of the Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. And do we have a great one for you today. This is the 90th episode of the Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, and Society podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. And do we have a great show for you today. Our guest that's coming on very shortly is Keith Lee from Stockton, California. He is a not just up and coming, but a an established independent filmmaker, director, writer, and we're going to be talking to him about his career, his uh, new uh, web series on Amazon, and his previous films. And we're going to be reviewing tonight the film called Greedy, right? that he put together with uh, Black Market Records. And we're going to be talking all that with him. But first, let's get to the uh, how your week was. How was your week? By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. It was good, other than fighting this cold. <laughs> other than fighting a cold? Other than fighting a cold. And, and, and how did that come about? Oh, that's, a you know... It, it, it's hard out here in Las Vegas because, you know, they have With this no thing. Face mask. Yeah, that's right. They have this thing called... Uh, uh, desert fever. They, so. Desert fever, and if you're not careful, if it's windy, yeah, you, and you're <gasps> sucking it up without a mask on, you may catch it, and that cough lasts from whenever you catch it until Ever. April. <laughs> That's right, 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 people. So let's go to what, what's happening in the blurbs real quick before we start with our guests, right? So blurbs. Um, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Is uh, has a tentative twenty-five million dollar settlement, okay. right, with his accusers. Okay. Meanwhile, Bill Cosby is behind bars. Yeah, Bill Cosby is in prison, and uh, and R. Kelly is in jail, right, awaiting, right. Uh, possible prison. How about that? Right. How about that for a uh, for a, a juxtaposition right. of 
power structure and what actually happens right. when you have the complexion for the protection. Doesn't that thing. seem unfair? Yes, yes. And meanwhile, you know, 50 Cent came out right. about Oprah. Right. And said, how come Oprah is uh, going after, on- it appears she's only going after black men. Right. Right? Well, but she's not going after Harvey Weinstein. Well, I mean, Harvey Weinstein. Well, they show, you know, well, didn't he produce for a few of Oprah's productions? And yeah. they, you know, and then they show pictures. You can see pictures all over the net with her and him. So I guess maybe because he's a friend of hers. But Mike was a friend, right? Mike was a friend. And well, who knows? Maybe the the Harvey Weinstein Oprah documentary will be coming up next after the uh, Russell Simmons one. The Russell Simmons. Now she's going to go after Russell Simmons, right? Right. But here's Harvey Weinstein. I mean, excuse me, Harvey Weinstein, who has been using his power as a uh, person to go on ahead and. Well, I'm sure she's going to do one on Harvey Weinstein, right? Because Oprah wouldn't want to look as if she's only going after black men, would she? I don't know. It's been said, and it looks like it's coming to full fruition, that she's been going after black men for a while, even on her show back in the day. Isn't that what people used to complain about, about Oprah? You know? Well, I'm going to just assume... Keep hope alive. That because the Harvey Weinstein story is huge, Mm -hmm. and um, she's she's going to cover him also. Really? Um, because you know she's a journalist, right? She's a journalist. So I'm just. Didn't she go to school for for journalism? And so I'm going to assume that she's also going to be doing a documentary on Harvey Weinstein as well because she would not want to come across as someone that is only going after black men. men. She wouldn't want to come across like that. No, not Oprah. Not Oprah. All right, people. So so enough of Oprah, but you know, Oprah adjacent. Okay. Um, Monique okay. has landed a role, people. Good. A, a mother trucker. Okay. Right? She, it, it's a... It's a action adventure movie okay. set during the Nixon impeachment hearing. Okay. Right? Didn't Monique okay. warn us about Oprah when she told Oprah something in confidence so that okay. she wouldn't have her people come up, or wouldn't have her family come on the show, but okay. Oprah took what she did, she says. Okay. We'll say allegedly. Okay. And, and took it and and brought her family on and profited from it. You know, advertisement. Advertisement sells things, right? Didn't Monique warn us about Oprah? Well, then, but people have warned us about Monique also. So, I mean, you could take all of that with a grain of salt, right? Yeah, with a grain of salt. I'll (laughs) I'll agree with that automatically. Right. You know, um, also, in the news, Orlando Jones. Okay. Right? Another blurb from the news. Uh, Fired from American Gods. Okay, so I don't even know if I want to watch American Gods without Orlando Jones. You know, we had reviewed American Gods earlier right. this year, right. like we had reviewed it last year for right. the first season. We reviewed the second season, said the first four episodes yeah. made uh, Shadow Moon look 
soft, right. look like a simp, look like a, 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 yeah. a coon, right. but then look like they went back and got the script from the previous, previous showrunners right. and brought it into its own from the fifth episode on. It, it was just jumping. And we talked about how the black actors, right. being they had so much experience on being on right. it, in front of the camera, it was like 60 or 70 years, maybe 100 years of experience between all the actors right. and how they elevated the production. Right. And how Orlando Jones's character, Mr. Mm -hmm. Nancy, the way he embodied it and okay. brought it up, brought it to life, no nonsense, get it done right. like what he said and for them to destroy yeah. for, for a, a third showrunner to come right. in and now want to by what Orlando alluded to make yeah. the character seem more coonish right it's ridiculous it's always they teach you about white supremacy and white supremacists and they say that they always want to keep you in a state of aggravation we're watching the show. Right. What did he say something about the show run the new showrunner thought that it was gonna be some kind of Denmark BC uprising amongst black yeah. people after seeing what was in the script that was proposed for this third season? I mean it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Right? So is that a cop out? Yeah, that's a um it's really Omar Johnson. Okay. Oh, excellent on, interview on the Breakfast Club. It was on the Breakfast Club, right? Right. right. He says that the reason that Cosby, besides trying to buy NBC, okay. is the Cosby's purchased land, I believe right. in the Carolinas. Right. And the on underneath the land, they found out that a, a company discovered that there's large deposits of oil okay. and shale and all that, and they want the Cosby's, Cosby's to sell the land. Okay. And they said that, po he said possibly, Okay. This could be. He right. he was more leaning towards this is one of the reasons why he's in prison. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, that there is yeah. oil underneath the land and they won't sell the land and they right. thought this would be a good way to get him out the way so they would have to sell the land right. to try to get him out of prison. So that would be the reason why they put prison Bill Cosby based yes. on allegations with no proof. With no proof. Which is something unheard of. I mean, well, no, it's not really unheard of because that's history, right? American history. American history. In innocent, you know, uh, black men and women going to jail for crimes that they did not they commit. Did, they did not commit. Such, sure. I mean, people can look at uh, Ava DuVernay's uh, film on Netflix what, when they see us. When they see us, based on the well, Central Park Five, but now the Exonerated Five. The Exonerated Five. That's right. So it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. All right, people. So that was the blurbs for today for uh, December fifteenth, and we got more to talk about. We got to talk about the new uh, music review show that dropped. Today, December fifteenth, okay. and we're gonna talk about that after we go through this. But, okay. ladies and gentlemen, okay. without further ado, we are getting ready to interview. He's on the line, right? We're getting ready to interview Keith Lee. Apresurate y visita una tienda Sprint hasta el domingo 8 de marzo. Cámbiate y recibe el increíble iPhone 11 con cámara ultra wide por 0 dólares al mes con Sprint Flex Lease al entregar un iPhone 6S o más reciente en cualquier condición. Además, te damos 100 dólares. 
iPhone 11 de 64 GB, 0 dólares al mes luego de crédito de 29 dólares con 17 centavos al mes que se aplica dentro de dos facturas. Requiere entrega de teléfono actual desbloqueado, arrendamiento lease de 18 meses, activación de nueva línea y verificación de crédito. Si cancela temprano, el saldo restante será exigible. Excluye impuestos. AK Nitty, right? Yeah. He was inspired early on by Spike Lee. She's got to have it and Maddie Riches straight out of Brooklyn. Okay. Now, She's got to have it came out in 1986. We're talking about the original people, the one in black and white with Nola Gay, right? Okay. And we're talking about Maddie Rich straight out of Brooklyn, 1991. You know, Maddie Rich was the one actually that Spike Lee oh, had a that. disagreement with because he yeah. said that, that Maddie Rich said that we, you didn't really need right. to go to college to film school to learn how to do film. And that's what it was, right? Mm -hmm. Um He's a self-taught, he was self-taught initially, okay. uh, Keith Lee was. Um, he read how to books on script writing and filmmaking. He later went to San Francisco City College to take courses on filmmaking. We're talking about none other than Keith Lee, director of Greedy and much more. How you doing, Keith? Are you on the line? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I'm here, my brother. I'm here. All thank, right. Thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing to be talking to both of you guys, and I really appreciate this. Thank you. Okay, so I, there was a call that had come in, but you know, we're on our intro game and we're talking to you, but 213 943 3358. Make sure you stay on the line. We will answer your call. Right. But right now, we're talking to Keith Lee. Yes about his experiences as an independent filmmaker, director, writer of film, right? So how are you doing this evening? Hey, well, I'm, I'm feeling great now. I'm feeling great now that I'm talking to you guys. All right, all right. So let, let, let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's get some context before we move forward and talk about your new uh, ventures going on, right? So you're from, uh, right. you were born and raised in Northern California, which would be Stockton, California. Am I right about that? Yes, 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 Stockton. Yes, the mm -hmm. Cali. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the film Greedy, which we're going to be reviewing tonight, it's set in, in between, it's set in Sacramento, California, which is about 70, 47 minutes away from Stockton, California. What was, yeah. what was, so we're going to go back to your youth and coming up into your teens. What was Stockton and okay. Sacramento, California like when you were growing up? Oh, wow. Okay. I could, when I was a kid, it was lovely. It was lovely. It was a, a black community. I mean, we had the first black um, school teacher lived here. They across the street from in Washington Street. We had people that were becoming lawyers and basketball players. I mean, it was, it was a thriving community of black people back in the day when I was growing up. I mean, it was just a happy place in Stockton. But everybody else, um, you know, times had changed later on, but it got difficult later on. But growing up here, Stockton was a lovely place to be at. That's for sure. So, so when, so when would you say, what, what age were you when the situation changed and how how similar is it to the Southern California experience in LA and Compton? Was that experience the same? Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. 
we're kind of influenced by the Bay Area and influenced by the um, by Southern California. We have like both of their styles and kind of here their culture here because we're like in between when Highway just takes us to Frisco and when Highway takes us to um, Southern California. So we get a lot of their culture and mixed up with ours because when I was growing up, it was kind of like it was a happy place but like everybody know things changed and uh, my dad's kind of like he joined the army for a few years to try to get away from here but we, we, we did that move and when we came back it was like kind of like a change here because the drugs had kind of messed it up here for us and everything and the gang got into that activity it kind of it changed over because of drugs uh-huh. I mean, everybody knows about the crack and stuff like that because I was even influenced. I was um, an active crip at the time. wasn't thinking about anything else in the streets. I mean, we got we had a gang of people from LA moved down to Southern California, and that's how we got the Christian blood down here in Northern California. Because some of them, when they get locked up, they get locked up and they have to come to the penitentiary down here. But mm-hmm. they get sent down to Tracy and, and a lot of that. So we get mixed up with a lot of different people back in the day. So when the drugs came, it. it it put a dent in our community down here with the black people that did come from the South, the ones that came from Texas. Like my family came from Texas. My great grandfather came here from Texas and they came from Arkansas and they built their own houses here at first. They were, they were changing, it was a thriving community here. But we lost a lot out because of the crack era. And a lot of people that were becoming what they were supposed to become couldn't become that. So when the old elders got older, they had left their houses to them in the crack era. They, left the house to them so they ended up selling their house to the grandkids that they left the house to because they didn't know to hold on to property. So we started losing a lot of property down here in Stockton. And a lot of family members started selling out here. And that's that's kind of like what happened here. It changed here a lot because of drugs. And, and that's how it kind of like, um, yeah, that's, it kind of messed us up here. Yeah. So left a lot of people who had drinks. Yeah, they couldn't follow their dreams here. We're just now rebounding after years and years of that, of, of that depression that went on. Because you got a lot of kids that had grew up, and their moms, because of the crack area, their moms were on drugs. So what happened with that, the kids were on drugs, and nobody knows why they're ended in gangs and violence. It's because their moms and kids, some of these kids were crack babies and all that stuff. So the violence kept on going around here, so it just kept, it just kept going. But we tried to change it after a while. You know, it's, it's, it slowed down because after a while, everybody started, it wasn't, we changed because it wasn't really like killing going on. It was too many black people dying down here in Stockton. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was a lot. And a lot of people going to jail. And people kind of like figured it out. It's dying down now, just now dying down now. People kind of figuring it out that that's not the way out and that's not the way to hustle and the penitentiary is wrong for you. And it's, it's just a lot of change. It's a lot of good change going on right now.
<clears throat> yeah, uh, just going on, but we started making changes eventually after a while. I mean, because like Sacramento, they're, they're kind of like, we're kind of like Sacramento because they have the same good culture ties too. They're just like the Bay, but we're not the Bay, we're the Valley, though. We're separated. But we, we still influence, we, we like the music, we got the, the whole culture of the Bay is, is here in Stockton. So it's like a gumbo here in Stockton right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, we don't have no, I mean, not like, um, I would say, it's, it's, it's a place for minorities. It really is. You can just come here and live. It Stockton used to be a place for farming and and agriculture. Like we're like the number one agricultural place here right now in Stockton. So we feed millions and millions of people. But by now our rent went up right now because the Bay Area rent went up. So right now we're like the number one place whose rent increased in the United States. We went up like twenty percent because the houses were so cheap here and people didn't know it. Like when. The bankruptcy came on. They had big old buses riding around Stockton showing the, the whole neighborhood that was empty and people were living in abandoned houses. I mean, there were so many abandoned houses in Stockton. It was, it was crazy. So, so Stockton... So, now getting bad over there, so, so Stockton is like a victim of what was happening during the Nadir when they were making sure that black people did not own property. And it's trying to yeah. reverse it back. Like how the housing crisis happened and uh, President Obama was in office and only the rich was able were able to recover and black people lost, continued to lose their houses, which in most cases are our economic backbone is the property that we own, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so let, let's let's move. That that is great information for people to know. Great knowledge on Stockton, California, yeah. uh, San Francisco, because it's about maybe forty-seven, fifty minutes away, and then maybe San Francisco is about an hour away from Sacramento, and Sacramento being forty-seven minutes. So it's like a triangle situation. What? Um, exactly. What's the music? scene like uh, what was the music scene like back in the time when you first were interested in making film I know as far as black market was concerned they had brother Lynch hung X rated uh, but is the, did the hyphy movement from the bay affect the way music was produced in uh, Stockton California yeah it was because the hyphy movement had to over in the bay and it's where the valley, we couldn't actually use that because we get talked about because we said we're going hypey, but we did the hypey things. We wore the shirts, we had the hypey train, but we didn't do the hypey music here because that was the Bay Area thing. Mm-hmm. If you would have got on there talking about hype and you from the valley, then people would have got on your helmet out here and been like, yo, you're trying to be, you're not original. You know, because that, that's not what we are. We, you can say the hypey, but we wasn't doing not, not music, not musically. Nobody here, I can tell, like, that was a whole Bay Area movement, but we were we were down with that movement because it was so big. It was so big that that everybody felt it. It was a, it was like the IP movement was a good feeling for everybody. Everybody could dance and feel the music. It was a good time for that period. But we definitely definitely got on. We used to have train cars riding through the whole stop and like 15, 16 cars riding through back to back when the hockey movement was going on. People getting out, go slide in the whip. It, in fact, it definitely affected us. We caught that. Yeah, we caught that. Yeah. 
hey, let's go up to the side show in Oakland. So we we leave from here and go down, people down here, go up to the side show just to see the hockey movement because it, it, it was big. He pointed a little John. They did their thing on that, even though it kind of came from Mac Dre, but it, it, they did their thing though. Mm-hmm. One, one one of the artists, one of the artists that uh, before we, we, you know, being that you're here, we need to get this information out to the people who are into music. Also, one of the artists that really, because we come from Cleveland, Ohio originally, and we owned a record store for 15 years, and one of the artists that really made an impact uh, in from from uh, Sacramento, from Sacktown, was Brother Lynch Hung. And his horrorcore, and, and his movie uh, now eat. We talked about that during Halloween yeah. for people to see that. I see a lot of influence, and yeah. in, I see influence in there. So let's go on to the next question. Let's talk about um, independent filmmaking. Your interest in independent yeah. filmmaking, right? Through your, yeah. what was your experience like? being an intern first you went to the library you picked up books you read on how to do it yes. then you became an intern what was your for the up-and-coming filmmaker out there what was your experience like being on panther directed by mario van peoples as a intern and so i married so i married an axe murderer starring mike uh myers what was your experience like and what can you tell the people what you learned by the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. Oh, what I learned is you have to be consistent, have to stay sharp, and you have to stay focused when you get on that because you're working for free, but you're working on million dollars of sets and stuff. And you want to be able to move up because I worked for another film company called, um, well, they would make a movie called The Tenderloin. Mm-hmm. And I was, well, this lady on The Tenderloin, my first job when I got there, she was like, um, are you gonna give me some coffee? And I was like, I'm not thinking. I'm like, yeah, sure, I will get you some coffee. Then she wrote it down on a piece of paper and told me it's some special coffee way on the other side of San Francisco. So I hurried up and got in my car. Went and got it. Came back quick and gave it and gave it to her quick. She was she was happy. So then they gave me just for that. Then that's when because at first you're picking a paper when you're a TA. Mm-hmm. Then, she, then she gave me a walkie-talkie. So I had a walkie-talkie, but I found. And when I was working on there, somebody, you have, to, you have to stay focused because somebody, I had a walkie-talkie on there, it was a whole bunch of people in San Francisco, and a white guy walked up behind me, and I was doing traffic control. And he said, hey, nigga, how you get this job? Uh-huh. I'm trying to stay focused. I just, I just came from the street. This is my first job. I'm knowing I can turn around and get on it. Mm-hmm. And he said, again, hey, nigga, how you get this job? You're not supposed to be working on on, on film set. So I just... Did that, got on my walkie-talkie, called the head of the, um, head of the, uh, the, the PAs, and he came down, explained to the, to the white guy what happened. 
He went off. He started yelling at the white dude. You get up out of here. We don't be saying all that. You prejudiced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He, he wanted to fight the white dude. He wanted to beat up the other white dude. Because he, he felt disrespected by too. So he sent him off. So you got to keep your composure, too. And I worked on, when I worked on the other, the Mike Myers and the Panthers, you want to be able to try to read, read like the other people who work in here, the gaffers, the grids. If you can, watch the director. And sometimes listen, listen, it's like if they give you a position in a job, pick up the paper, pick up paper or move equipment. Sometimes there might be some cords on the, on the ground or something or Apple box. And you hear somebody over here talking about they need the Apple box, but they didn't ask you to get it. Go over here and get it and give it to them. And they think that you already knew, you know, they think that you're perfect though, because you'll be giving them the things that they need because you're trying to move up. Like when I was doing a PA position, a guy, they hired me to go work on a commercial just because I, I, I worked hard and was fast and good for them on Mike Myers. So I ended up getting to go work on a commercial from that. So when, you, when you're working on the million dollar steps, you, you got to show up, try to be early for sure. And make sure you stay focused because you're trying, to, you're trying to move up from a PA position. And if you're trying to be the director, then if you're the PA, then try to watch the director. Because I even worked on... I got hired on um, MC Hammer videos, Pumps and Bump. I worked on Pumps and Bump 1 and 2 in, in um, San Francisco. Well, not actually, he had a house outside of San Francisco, but um, more like towards the valley. And we worked, we worked on that because um, my friend named Marty Jones, he, um, he, he was um, working in LA at the time, but he would come down to the Bay Area and he would hire black people to be on, to work on set because he was working for underdog films. At the time, and, and I was used to, I was in a group in the Bay Area, and they was called Brotherwood, and I was only like 22, 21 then, and, and I was the youngest one in the group. And what the group was about, it was about ten filmmakers from the whole Bay Area who were in the union, and there was only ten people in the whole Bay Area that was in the union, so it wasn't no we couldn't get jobs in San Francisco Bay Area, so they would come down from the LA, come to the meeting, and tell us, hey. This is coming up, and this is coming up if you really want to try to work on it and stuff. Because they was connected with the Oakland Film Commissioner named Jeannie Ruckett, the black lady named Jeannie Ruckett at the time. She used to be the uh, Oakland Film Commissioner and stuff. And then that's how the Panthers got to Oakland and they make the movie there with Marvel Van Peebles. And you have to try to like work hard and listen to people and, and learn about the connections because you have to know where you want to go in life. If you're really trying to do this, you really got to watch because it's, it's levels to this. And it's not just where you want to be at because I'm pretty sure everybody's dream is probably to write, direct, have their own movie out. But you have to watch people too to learn, to be able to watch. It's, it's, it's a, the guerrilla filmmaking is a lot better to me when you're hands-on out there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's how I got to work on the PA, bro. I was watching, watching hard because I wanted to be a director myself and I, was, I couldn't. I didn't have the equipment. At the time, they were filming in 16 millimeters. You had to buy film. I couldn't afford film. All I knew how to do was slice and edit on a Super 8. I didn't, I mean, I could slice and edit a 16, but I didn't have the money to go out there and give me a Nagra uh, recorder or anything that I needed because when I was in class in San Francisco, I was the only black person in class. There wasn't any, any other people up in the class with me. And that was kind of weird to me since I was the only one at that time. I was telling everybody, I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make a movie. And, but we were still in class though. But I was going out on my way in San Francisco trying to meet different people. And they had hooked me up with a guy named Armand Garrett in um, San Francisco. And he hooked me up with a guy named Otis Best. So we met Otis Best. 
and from Otis Dashfree, they hooked me up with Marty Jones. And right now, Marty Jones, he's um, head of a film company in Austin, Texas right now. But he's the same one who did Underdog Films for me about 20 years ago. He hired me for uh, videos. Um, he did a lot of videos for Tupac. He did a lot of videos for a lot of people with Marty Jones. Yeah. He was, yes. he was the one that was instrumental to getting the job in the Bay Area. So you have to get in connections just to even be a PA after a while. You have to, you have to, people have to know that you're a good person and you're going to work because you're going to work from night to day. You're definitely going to be working. And you can, if you want to do craft services, then watch the craft service person. They even get paid a lot of money. I mean, mm. I went to, we had a shoot and um, they were paying us, we were getting paid like 150 a day for doing PA. But it was it, it, it all turned out fine though. But I wish I wish back then that I would have been directing back then, but it didn't happen until ten years later after that. Yeah, yeah, but this because this is still pushing. Yeah. This right here this right here is invaluable information. Yeah. Like you're telling them that they have to be uh, uh, on time, which yes. is uh, if, if you're if you're on time, you're late. That means you got to be early. Early is on time. That that's real yeah. good information. Yeah. And talking about what a PA does, right. the production assistant running around, going all the way over to the other side of the valley, right. coming back, bringing what the right. people want, right. uh, being willing to go pick up the right. stuff on set. That someone says, "I need that apple box." No one else is moving to it. Right. And that's exactly what they teach you yeah. and you got when you're on set and that's how you advance up. So um what is it? so let, let let's shift gears now. So you're now you moved out of being a a, 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 a intern on a set, you advanced up and then you began to advance to get your own equipment to shoot. What was it and, and you started writing scripts. What is it like Shopping or pitching scripts in Hollywood for the young filmmaker. Here's the thing about new cherry vanilla Coke. Though cherries named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been vanilla cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke cherry vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke vanilla cherry Coke or cherry vanilla Coke Coke. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la vanilla de la cherry de la creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke, zero sugar, same great taste, zero sugar. So, I never I never pitched, but shopping your script around without an agent or a manager, you have to become that yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I moved to Hollywood, I lived in Hollywood for two years just to learn that machine. It's a machine and it's a, it's a, it's a real game. And you can't go there thinking that you're going to win off the back. Because Hollywood will eat you up and spit you out. It does it, it does it does it to everybody every day. So you have to have your game plan before you even get to Hollywood to live. You have to write down your goals, what you're going to do. Then you have to have a list of contacts, who you're going to hit, who you're going to go talk to. Just don't go there blind. Don't go to Hollywood blindfolded and thinking that, oh, I'm just going to show up and go here and they're going to accept me. No, you have to have, what I had was targets. I had different people that I was going to go see. I wanted to go talk to, um, at the time, I, when, I went, when I went, I had I just finished the movie Breeze when I had moved out there. So I had something to carry with me. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a product. It wasn't like I was just out there. But what I had to do, nobody knows you. You got a product, but nobody knows you. 
and all of the offices and stuff, they don't have the names on it. They're not going to say, this is the agent office, or this is this is this office. So what I did was, I was walking around, reading the books, and they have books in 7-Eleven that tell you, you can buy a book at 7-Eleven, tells you all the companies, all the agents, all of that stuff, and production companies. And I think at the time, you know, they had one on, what is that? Uh, at the time, I was on Hollywood Boulevard, and I was talking to, to some guy, he said, yeah, Robbie, Robbie Reed's office is right there, the casting agent. And I was like, Robbie Reed? What do you mean, Robbie Reed? So, I went and went in and I, I just, uh, I was talking, I was like, yeah, I, follow, I lied. I said, yeah, I'm supposed to be here, talk to Robbie Reed, somebody, somebody. And they were like, okay, hold on. And another guy came out, he was like, what are you, what are you here for? And I was like, I'm supposed to um, get in my movie. And he was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a manager. So he said, all right, come to the office, talk to me. And I explained to him what I was there for. So the guy that was Anthony Short, he had picked me up. From there, after the show, he wanted to be my manager. He was in the same thing with her uh, office with Robbie Reed. She had did soul food and a lot of, she did, she did a lot of, uh, casting for a lot of black movies, Robbie Reed. She did, and that was, I just ended up in her office and there was a manager in her office. So that's how I got connected, started learning about how Hollywood worked. And at the time I wrote, wrote another movie script and the guy Anthony Short was my manager. He was trying to shop it around and stuff, but, you have to find, you have to have, a, you have to have tough nerves and you have to be able to read people too because sometimes people want to pick you up and they're not good for you to be a manager. They just want to pick you up to have to say they have you while they're trying to do other things. So after that, I was, I was basically looking around and shopping and shopping and what happened was um, I was sneaking into buildings. I would go and dress up like as if I was a male person, I put on a white t-shirt and a hat. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping off a packet. You have to have a packet to you in Hollywood. You have to have your poster, your movie, and your bio. You have to have like five different things in this packet that you drop it off. You just can't drop your movie off like, like that. It has to be in a packet. And in that packet, you need your bio, you need a cover, cover sheet, you need um, your movie in it, and that's what you drop off. So I was dropping it off at different places and I dropped it off at one place and the guy had told me that, hey, they're um, having a, a thing at USC. You should, you should go there and it's, and it's a panel and they're going to be talking and they had the, um, the, the Hollywood Black Film Festival ladies going to be there. Tanya Kersey and such and such and such. So I went, uh, went to that. I met Tanya Kersey at the Hollywood Black Film Festival. I told her what was going on. I told her I had a movie, Greedy. And she told me, why won't I send that movie into them? And then I sent the movie out after reading her stuff. And I was on a panel at the San Francisco for the um, Pan African American Film Festival. I ended up being on a panel at the Pan African American Film Festival. And then from there, I got the hit after I met uh, Tony Kersey and sent it in for the Hollywood Black Film Festival. They accepted it, so I got accepted to the Hollywood Black Film Festival. And from there, I met another guy. I met a guy named Josh Telefero, and he was at the film festival at uh, San Francisco. But I knew Josh from years before that from being an intern in PA and working in San Francisco. But this time, Josh has moved up, and Josh is, is a part of a group that's putting on a Cannes Film Festival now. Mm. So Josh tells me that he's working for the group and he's going to be with the Cannes Film Festival and do I want to try to come to the Cannes Film Festival and see if I'm going to get accepted for that. He can try to help me get in. So 
I did it to Jack. And, and we all in LA. And Jack turned around and got into being a Cannes Film Festival. Several part of it that was for the African di- uh, diaspora. So they had them just for like independent filmmakers. And it was, but it was a part of the film festival. It was on the beach and Danny Glover was there, man, Winfield. Um, there was a lot, was a lot of black people that was there. They were trying to help independent. But this is before online. So we out there like, we're not really used to what's going on. We're seeing all of these rich people and all of that, and and we're trying to figure out our way. Like, we just had just got thrown into something bigger than what we even was ready for. We didn't even... My, my guy that was um, running the stuff that I made the movie for, he didn't make no flyers, no cars, no nothing, because when you at the Cannes Film Festival, you have to hustle. Mm-hmm. Everybody try to hard to somebody, because you don't know who is who. The person in the bathroom in the stall might be somebody. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's walking around and you have a lot of people that want to buy films and, 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 and all that stuff. And it was, so we, um, we did, uh, we, I, got a, I got in a war with Danny Glover on the beach when I was out there. We were out there for like about 10 days in Cannes. It was a great, great experience because you got to see how movies with money really work because their billboards that they had there was like two or three stories tall for their movies and stuff. And they had actors that was out there that were looking like the real actors in the movie and they was playing off a park and they had all this stuff going on just for their movies. So you can see they had, they had Alicia Keys playing on a yacht out there. You could, you could have went and did that. They had all of these different things. And this was, I, I went like 15 years ago mm. to Cannes Film Festival. And our movie played out there. It played, it played for the for, you know, the Europeans, the Africans, and all that, and, but we had made, you have to remember at this time, the movie we had made, we, it was, we made it with D, what is that, DV, DV, we shot on DV, mm-hmm. but the story was given kind of story accepted it, but we shot on DV, <clears throat> so at this time, there's really just trying to get a distribution deal for real instead of the way it is now, you're trying to get a distribution deal. And Black Market, the head of Black Market said to him, he, he didn't want to take none of those deals. Because when I was over there, I met, um, you heard of Maverick Films? Yes. Mm-hmm. Doug Schwab? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met Doug Schwab over there at, at, um, in Europe. They told me to call him when we got back, when we got back from France. So I called Doug Schwab when we get back, and I don't really know who he is. And he tells me to meet him in Santa Barbara and all. And so I go to Santa Barbara. We meet at this hotel. And he brings out this big old notebook. <clears throat> and he opens the book. And it's black people. It's all movies. All movies. Black people. Asians. Um, the Mexicans. All independent movies. And he asked me the question about the movie. Because he was trying to buy our movie that we had made greedy. He wanted to make a deal with greedy. And he made a deal with the soundtrack that we had. E40, Lynch, we had all the big time people on that soundtrack, so he wanted the soundtrack too. So we in Santa Barbara, and Doug Schwab, he looks at me and says, you see all these movies right here, what do you think about them? I said, um, man, it looks like you got a new catalog to me. He's like, no, I own all of them. Oh. I own all of them. He said, yeah, we don't get a percentage. We don't get a point. I buy, I buy, I buy movies at 20,000, 30,000. I was like, yeah. He's like, well, we're offering you guys seventy thousand, but no back points and no, no percentage. No, but we get the highest one right now and give you seventy thousand. So I, I can't take nothing because it's not my movie. I'm just a writer and director. So I pulled Seth Singleton in ahead of the black market, 
it don't take the deal because he knows that the internet's going to be coming, so he's not going to just take the upfront money. Because right now, we're, everybody, the whole industry is in limbo. Nobody knows what they're going to be doing right now because the internet is happening. Everybody's getting ripped off. Everybody's scared of Napster and all everything that's going on at this time. But a lot of people sold their souls and sold their movies and don't get no percentage. So it's like Maverick Films. I mean, a lot of, they cool, but they're bad points. See, see, now you said, now this is information (laughs) that you're putting out there for the people. That's just experiences and being able to put it across. So, Cedric Singleton, CEO of Black Market Records, uh, has such acts as 187, Big Lurch, Brother Lynch Hung, Sebo, X Rated, Triple Beam, etc. What was that pitch like? when you went to him to say you had come back from Hollywood and you met with him and you sat down you said I want to tell this semi-autobiographical story of my life what was that pitch like and what made him accept the story that you were telling oh what happened was with Sid I, I, I was in San Francisco still and uh it was like how I got into filmmaking because the family filmmaking come out. I've been I've been shot twice. My brother had got my brother had got killed. And that's why um, I was tired of stopping and tired of the streets and stuff. And that's how I seen um, Maddie Rich. I'd already knew about Spike Lee back in the day about being a filmmaker, but I seen Maddie Rich on on TV and he said how it could be done. He was trying to raise a hundred and some thousand dollars himself. That's when I really knew that it could be done. It clicked with me because I wanted to do what Spike Lee had did. But I didn't know how Spike Lee had did it because we had seen She's Got a Habit and we were amazed by that. I think I think She's Got a Habit in Germany and we were amazed by that. So after a while, I did all that stuff in San Francisco and I came back to I came back to stop it. And at this time, there's no movie theater here. There, there, there's nothing here. It's like a dark place to stop it at this time. I mean. It, it, gang, gang bang was active live here and what happened was with Cedric I had I had been listening to Black Market Records I, I love Black Market Records I never even imagined that I'd make a movie for them I don't I, I wasn't ever about that in years because I was in the streets and stopped the streets and went to pick PA in and picking up paper and doing all that to come back to work for the company that I had liked before mm-hmm. because of all the people that he had because yeah he had ledge so everybody loved it and it was quite Northern Cali. So I came back to Stockton and said Black Market they were doing a tour. But they did the he, they did the tour on the east side on the east side of Stockton and that that's my neighborhood on the east side of Stockton. And people shouldn't have did it downtown because if you do something in the neighborhood, the other neighborhoods can't come to it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know that. But somebody had gave him the wrong information and they were doing it at my gym on the east side of Stockton. They were doing it at the gym, so the only people that could really come like the, my, my, my neighborhood, the hood. Mm-hmm. So we hear that he's doing it. We didn't believe that he was going to be at the gym anyway, that they were really going to be at the gym performing and stuff. So we go here and he was there. Yeah, see, so I started on my singing and I, I talked to this other guy. And he was telling me, yeah, that's that's that, that's the end right there. He's the owner of Black Market, but you know, if you want to talk to him, I said, you go talk to. Him. So I went to Sid, and I was like, um, Sid, Sid, and my name is Keith. You know, I make I make movies. I'm a filmmaker, but I hadn't had any movies at the time. I just um, I had some scripts, 
and they had some super eight footage of films that I had made and stuff, but nothing of like of my own. Mm-hmm. But I told them I could make movies and what I could do. And I asked them why didn't black market records have a movie? You guys need a movie, you got to go forward. And I was like, that's the new thing, let's, let's make it happen. But he was looked at me and said, All right, and gave me the um gave me gave me his phone number, told me to call him the next day. So I called him the next day and he told me to come to Sacramento to Tower End Road. And I go to Tower End Road and it's black market records. They got posters everywhere. I'm 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 in the company now. You know, so I'm down there talking and I'm downstairs and sitting upstairs and all these people walk around posters and CDs and lynch posters everywhere and vibe and the music. It, it was live. I never been in a uh, in a record company before and seeing how it was running. But they was running it right. He was doing everything independent. He had band, he had his own band, four, five, six fans. He had everything independent. They 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 talk about Master P and they talk about all these other people, but they never mentioned Cedric Singleton Hustler. He was, he, because he was one of the greatest million dollar independent hustlers there is at this game. Mm-hmm. And so I meet him and, and I'm telling him about, you know, I want to make a movie and stuff because Greedy is actually a story that um, me and one of the artists that was on the label by the name of Charco came up with. Mm-hmm. Because Ced had said that I was supposed to make another movie for um, Sid, and I was supposed to be getting clearance on X-Ray. First, I was supposed to be doing a documentary on X-Ray, and I was trying to uncall all the penitentiaries, but they wouldn't let us film in here, so I told Sid, let's just make the movie then. So he said, okay, he wants to make one for his artist by the name of Chopper. So I go talk to artist Chopper and get something down and write the stuff down, and, and I'll come back with the movie script and we'll make the movie. So I went to talk to him, and he had a, a title of his album and stuff and some other things and we went from there. So he gave me some feedback on what he wanted to do. I pushed it in where I, I, I should go on. And so I would drive back and forth all the time from Stockton, Sacramento and we hash the story out and get it right. And I'd take his ideas and put them down for mine. We, we hashed the whole story out over a few months. So I could, but I come back, but I have to come back and dialogue and put it in format and put everything that's down in structure because it's just ideas at the time. Mm. So I do that and I put it back, take it back to Sid and I, I write, write the movie script and Sid reads it and Sid likes it, but I got like that. A part that I didn't write was the part with the women in there. See, that's Cedric Singleton sitting down with the two women in the background. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's part he wants yeah, he wants to have that in there of him. He wants to be, he wants to be in the movie. <laughs> so that's him. That was the CEO of Black Market Records. That's him sitting down with two women. There was um, some strippers that he paid five hundred dollars each. Oh, okay. And some film, some film festivals wouldn't let me in because of that thing. Like in San Francisco, I mean uh, Atlanta, they was tripping. But now they let everything in. But at that time they wouldn't. By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. But we were doing, we did a, we did a lot of film festivals, but I was still 
So what was so what was the so what was so what was that like um, during the independent? It took two and a half years to finish the film. Tell the independent filmmakers that are coming out so that they won't get discouraged if their films take a while to get done. Tell them what the start and stop and situation like that was making a film, making greedy. Yeah, I mean, he was giving me, I mean, for Greedy, at that time, for some reason, he said the budget was 150000 100000 but to me, it, to me, I don't, I see all the equipment and all that stuff, but I don't know, he, he spent a lot of money on that, we had vans, and they were giving me like $10,000 checks, and I was going to take, take that to different people and stuff, and I didn't, I didn't run off with none of the money, but... He stopped because something was going on. He wouldn't even tell nobody. He was stopped. And we were stopped for like three or four months at a time. It took two years to finish Greedy. And when you have them, you have to remember that this this is not an overnight game. It's called the wait and go game. The entertainment is the wait and go game. Because you want it to go. Sometimes it's go. Sometimes it's go, 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 go. Stop. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. Go, stop, go, stop. Go, 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 go. It's the wait and go game, people call it. And you have to, in that time, you have to remember, you have downtime. And you have more time than you have money. So when you have downtime, you have to still remember to stay focused and keep your keep, keep the money you have. So you got to go to the gym and go to the gym, but always know that you're going to be able to be shooting and filming again. And you want to be able to have them scenes and everything and going over them. So when you do time to film, you won't point. So you, when you're downtown, you should be going over your script, going over in your head, thinking about the moves, the shots that you want to do when it's coming up, because now you have time. Don't think of it as you don't have no time and, oh, I got to wait. No, you think of perfecting it even tighter now. Come up with other shots, come up with other moves. Make sure if you want to change the dialogue, but remember that you're going to be filming again because it's definitely the way you go game, and it can't discourage you. It discourages everybody because everybody wants it so bad. And that, that's, that's not how it works. When you, even when you go to your independent movie set, sometimes you think that you want to go this way. It's not going to go the way you, you want to go when you show up. Somebody might have forgot a battery, a cord, it, or let's say a line wrong, or they're not feeling good because you have to be a psychiatrist too when you're on set because everybody has different moods and different swings and everybody's different and you manage that and be, you have to be in control when you come back. You always have to be in control because if you lose control, everybody else knows you lost control and you lost control of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. you, you have to stay focused because you have that downtime when you're filming. Mm-hmm. You have downtime. So, you know, I can't believe that an hour has passed already, right? We have eight minutes left with you before we go in and review the film. It's, it's amazing, great information that you're putting out. I want to also tell people that this man right here, in my estimation, in my opinion, is yeah. a hustler. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He, he's not a hustler, right. H-U-S-S-L-E, like hustle, doing the dance. He's right. a hustler, yeah. H-U-S, I mean, H-U-S-T-L-E-R, hustler, because he is right now broadcasting at the same time we're broadcasting on Facebook. He's got his camera set up catching it that's one two he knows how to cross market yeah and for those who don't know what cross marketing is i'm not gonna 
tell you, you just going to have to go back and look on the Facebook page and the Instagram pages and the, and the Twitter pages and look at how he did this leading up to his appearance on the show and you will understand what cross-marketing is. So I commend you for that, my brother, because a lot of people don't know about cross-marketing. That's how I know that you are a hustler in this game called filmmaking, right? So let's let's fast forward because we only got seven minutes now before we go in and review your film and head into the rest of the show. So let's talk about Amazon and your new piece, The West Coast, uh, uh, an American with the triple K American dream where you were almost you were drawn down upon by uh, Stockton police while shooting a scene so let's run through that real quick Uh, you're setting up the scene you got the permission from the bodega from the uh, convenience store to do it they actually came out and co-signed you which was very important in I guess that has to do with building relationships but let's run through that Let, let's yeah. talk about first what um, the West Coast an American Dream is about it's on Amazon when it debuts then just give a little bit of the setup of what happened and where they can see that video Not state property. They have all these different properties. 
So we need to have some rules and regulations for us here to know because who, who wants to get shot by police? Mm-hmm. And they're showing up and they, and they, they put in defense and they're very aggressive. And like um, at the end of that video, you can hear him saying, why didn't you guys call in? Why didn't you guys call in? You, you can't even call in here. That's not even that's not even true. You can't call the police and say, hey, I'm shooting a movie. Would you come watch me? That doesn't work. He was just trying to protect himself because he didn't have anything else to say about why they were there when they shouldn't have been there because they were so far away, they could have blew the horn on us and said, hey, what are you guys doing? Uh-huh. We see you. And no, he drew down on us. And that's why it, it, we had lawyers calling us and a lot of different things and news people because the way the police right now, they're, they're very, very, very violent right now. And you don't know who to trust with them. Like, but it was, I, I it was, that, but you, it was, a, it was very, it was very important because, you know, police are violent these days. It's not the same as you would see in the movies where you can negotiate, but you actually were able to negotiate that. So that was a blessing for one thing or what, or you, your ability to have the camera on to catch it was, uh, ingenious also. So within two minutes here, because we have exactly two minutes, give us the synopsis of the West Coast. An American Dream and where they can see it, what date it's going to premiere on Amazon. The West Coast American Dream is a TV show based out of Stockton, California. And we're going to be premiering, uh, we're going to have a premiere next, well, probably in February at the Bob Polk Theater in Stockton. And we're trying to get another theater um, at UOP, so we'll be there. But it's about reality and what's going on right now. We, we did something that was way different. We wanted to stick to, to the times that's going on, to the immigration hold, to the gun violence, to uh, people trying to make it out. But we kept it to where it's about putting, you know, putting your best foot forward, stop the violence. And I really don't really want to get a hold. I don't want to get a story away. I just want people to watch it, so I'm not telling telling the story. But mm-hmm. it, it, it's about the immigration hold, stop the violence, put the gun down, change the life, and inspiration, and trying to become somebody. So and each episode. So each episode is an individual um, standalone. Okay. Each episode is an individual yes. standalone episode, or is it a continuous story for 13 episodes, so to speak? It's a six-part episode. We'll be, we'll be shooting six parts. It's six parts. So we're doing... We just finished this first one, and it's getting edited right now. It'll be done in about two, two weeks. So we'll be done with that one. And then we'll start probably in January on the second episode. And it's a six-part episode. But if anybody out there listening, if you know somebody at BET, Showtime, uh, what's the other one? Uh, BET Plus. Uh, which one? Any one of them that wants to do a production deal, I'm, I'm with production deal. <laughs> okay, well, we would like to we would like to thank you, yes, uh, Keith, because the information that you gave yeah. today will help independent filmmakers. Yes. And uh, if they want to get in contact with you, where do they reach out to you? Actors. Uh, uh, other film crews that might want to join with you in case you come into different places. How do they get in contact with you? Um, you can go to Instagram, Keithley Movies, Twitter, Keithley Movies, Facebook, Keithley Movies, um, LinkedIn, Keithley Movies, 
And my last name is L-E-E, not L-E-A. K-I-T-H, L-E-A, movie. So L-E-E is still my last name. It's pronounced Leah, but it's like Spike Lee. Right. <laughs> it's like Spike Lee. Okay, so we like to thank you and we appreciate you, man, and everything that you did leading up to this. Go ahead. I know it's Lee, but it's L E A. We got you. Yeah, L E A. So we like to thank you for calling up, man, and much success to you. We can't wait to see the series and stay tuned uh, right after we uh, get off the phone with you to listen to the review. Right. You're going to be very happy with this review. Yeah, great film. Thank you. Thank Are you. we telling Thank too much? You. Are we telling too much already? <laughs> All right. So have a great evening, and we will speak again. Okay, thank you and bless both of you. It is definitely a pleasure working with you. And I want to say that to you two being black black people and being married is a blessing. And what you guys are doing is, is a gift for all of us because we don't have a place to be able to speak our minds or so or tell anything. So what you guys are doing is a real blessing. And I wish God give you more blessings in 2020. And you guys keep going. Much success. Much success. Thank you. Thank you, you as well. God bless you as well. Have a great evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, people. So that was Keith Lee, right? Yeah. And he is an independent filmmaker from out of Stockton, California, yeah. Northern California. And the information that he gave, like we said before, I cannot reiterate it enough, yeah. is great information for independent filmmakers. Listen to it. Yeah. He gave some of the game about distribution. Yeah. He gave some of the game about being on set. He yeah. gave the game uh, uh, being yeah. on set a major multi-million dollar film. Right. He gave uh, information on being on independent sets yeah. and not being discouraged if your film doesn't come out when you think it should come out. Right. right? So now, Let's talk about Greedy, right? Greedy, right? He sent us the DVD out, and we showed you that last week, right? Greedy. Let let me change the the front here so that you can uh, see what we're talking about here because we make sure that our people are seeing her, recognized, and appreciated, right? So let me bring this up real quick. So this is the cover of Greedy, right? There it is, Greedy, right? Yeah. So Greedy came out in 2005, right? And it it, it never ceases to amaze me at looking at the dress code, how the dress code has changed. It's similar, but it's different. And that means that this film not only is a... uh, masterpiece of right. uh, uh, about uh, criminal activity right. uh, situations that happen right. but it is also a historic piece it's like watching a a um, a film from back in the 20s by mm-hmm. Oscar Michaud yeah. where you see uh, Booker T. Washington up on the wall and you see this is during the time when this is actually happening so this snapshot of time yeah. shows the baggy clothes yeah. the sagging of the jeans right where it has changed now and it's a little bit tighter right. it's kind of going now it's back into the 60s with the yeah. tighter pants 
and you know, still some sagging in the dress code, baseball cap still the same, but yeah. it's slightly yeah. different. So it's a historic yeah. piece, a, a historic piece, right? Mm -hmm. So let's go through first and say that Choppa yes. plays Tay. Right. Cedric Singleton is Big Mike. Right. Celia Kane yes. plays is Boo. Boo. Right. right now, now on the as we were researching it, you know, we went through, and there are uh, multiple actors in it, but those are the ones that we pulled out yeah, to talk about. Yeah, Andre Henley, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Greedy introduces you to Tay, yes. a man who's been in trouble with the law yep. in the ghettos that white supremacy places black men in yeah. where he has to avenge yeah. a murder of a loved one yes. and it continues and it has to put him into the prison industrial complex yeah. he gets out of prison yeah. and finds his ace still in his corner but his road dogs have fallen on hard times yeah. to the point of murder. Yeah. This is where the film kicks off. Yeah. Let me say, first of all, Tay as a character is a strong black man archetype. Yeah. Right? And we talk about strong black man archetypes yeah. from the black exploitation films, right. right? Because like Fred Williamson said. Right. We're going to walk off into the sunset and we're not going to lose. Right. So right automatically, automatically, we're yeah. sitting up and we're watching the film. Right. And we're sitting there and we're looking at it and we're yeah. saying, look at all these different yeah. setups. I mean, it's twists and turns in yeah. this film, right? right. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's not boring. Nope. And you're sitting up there and you're watching it and you're like, what's going on here, right? Yeah. So, so that that's one of the things about the film that stands out, right? Yeah. What now, also stands out to me okay. is I love the relationship between Tay and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. As well as his relationship with his daughter, his mother, mm -hmm. and his friends as well. You know, although there is a twist, which is what makes the film great. And mm -hmm. when the film begins, it kicks off and takes you on a ride. There isn't one dull moment. Mm -mm. Right? Mm -mm. So, but I love the... Um, the sense of like community also mm -hmm. you know so because he always found the character Tay right always found if they were characters that were uh, uh, up to some kind of game right. or some kind of hustle right. he still found people who right. he could deal with right to make a positive outcome for himself and that's how if you actually are involved in the public, right? That's the only way I can compare it to is the Black Ice Chronicle series, yeah. which talks about the Crazy D character being yeah. in 15 years of retail right. and then dealing with the different cast of characters right. that come in. Some may be on the grind, some may be on a hustle, some may right. be schemers, right. but at the same time, he's able as a character to. Yeah come out and prevail and that's what I liked about this movie yeah. with the Tay character right yeah. right yeah. Chopper 
is a real good actor. Yeah. He, he acted this he did. piece, right? Yeah. The Boo character, yeah. you know, the Cecilia, mm -hmm. I thought that she was a, a, a great actor. She really yeah, she brought was. that home about yeah. the relationship and yeah. wanting him to be around. And it, it was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And the shock and the twist of it happening. Yeah. And the realism of it is that sometimes situations are not solved. Yeah. And, but the person has to keep going on. Yeah. And it wasn't, uh, you can speculate yeah. and say who you thought it was, yeah. but in actuality, some things aren't uh, settled. We, we found that in real life out here, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, that's what makes the film good. Now, yeah. It's 2005. 2005 is the transition from analog right. to digital. And he talked about digital video, DV, yeah. and moving over. In digital video, <clears throat> you could do things with sound yeah. that you can't do with digital. Right. So everyone was cramming and searching. Like mm -hmm. I was putting out DVDs then, and we were searching for the perfect sound. It was right. like searching for the perfect beat, right? <laughs> Back when hip hop first started, it was like searching for the perfect beat. You're searching for the perfect sound, yeah. right? And getting the sound down and things that could pass on VHS yeah. or on cassette sound-wise because there's a hiss running through there yeah. cannot translate on digital. But the story, so, so there are certain scenes in it where if it was on a VHS tape, you wouldn't hear uh, the sounds that you hear, but because it's on a DVD, then you hear these sounds. But the narrative is so good right. that if you can't hear like the the conversation, the the images right. tell the story, and that's what film is. When yeah. you edit, film was silent, right. so the images still tell the story. That's what makes it a great film yeah. right and everyone should see this film yeah right because it's not only it's a snapshot right and I, and I can see elements of the Sacramento and um, and uh, Stockton California influence I can yeah. see um, when we talk to uh, Nick Leisure Right. He's from uh, Sacktown, right? And he has that movie with Mario Van Peoples, right? We talked to him, and I can see the elements of the influence of the area. Yeah. The culture yeah. is in the film, and that's what yeah. makes this a great piece for yes. people to watch. Yep. And getting the additional information from Keith Lee tonight, yeah. even even bolsters even more the rating that I'm going to give the film, right? Yeah. So what would you rate um, Greedy, which is a, a crime, a, a mm -hmm. Sacktown, California mm -hmm. crime right. uh, drama? What would you rate well, You it? know that I'm going to give it a 10 because as you know, I love like crime films, like mm -hmm. with suspense because there's also like a, a twist and Suspense it's kind of like a well. film noir, right? Except for you know, it's not shot low key, right? It's shot, you know, regular yeah. lighting, right? The right. lighting is good on it, yeah. but it's not shot low key, so it's not film noir. But yet, the storytelling right. on it is 
gangster right. tales. There's exactly. women in it. There's yeah. twists. And that's there's what I love betrayal, about it. Yeah, all yeah. of that. Just like in like the films, like the with American Gangster, like in Godfather mm-hmm. and, and and Scarface. And so I love those type films and that's what this film is mm-hmm. so I would definitely give it a 10 and especially like for the acting because I was like pulled in like I was invested in the actors because when even when the movie end you yeah. were like we want to well, see more see what, what happened, happened. Right. so you do want to see a sequel right? and hopefully there can be a sequel <laughs> yeah, you know? to this it doesn't matter how many years later it has right. to tell you know people change over time right. they don't look Exactly the same, but right. there could be a sequel to this because right. the acting right. was that good and to see what happens to some of the characters that were treacherous, yes. what happens to him yes. as a father yes. and, you know, what happens to his mother. And, you know, and so... All of that. And yeah, the soundtrack, too. So yeah, and also soundtrack because of the soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, because of, we said, costume and, the, you know, and the design, the clothing. Like, actually, those hairstyles, like the women's, I still see them today. They like still in. to the still right. So that's what I'm saying. Certain things are still in. Right. It's slightly different. Like yeah. back then it was fitted. Now they didn't went back to the snap. Right. Back then we wouldn't be caught in snap caps. Right. But now they went back to the snaps right. and soon the soon it will shift back and you know the fitted will be back in. You know, some people yeah. still wear fitted, you right. know. <laughs> so what would you rate the film? Uh, like a ten, okay. definitely. So for me, I would say the the through line of the story, right? right? I'm big on through line of the story. And the story is about a young man that is trying to succeed. And he is put into a situation. It's a hero's journey story. And the writing is good. Yeah, it's really a hero's journey story where you start out, you see the person, he goes down, and then when he comes back out, then he starts to build, and then he's introduced to the people who will be friend and foe. He goes through certain situations, and then in the end, well, you have to see the film, right? It's worth seeing. It is worth seeing. You know what I mean? And so... I give it a 10. Yeah. I give the through line a 10. Yes. I give the cinematography on it. Yes. I give it a 10 because there are angles there yeah. and there is special effects in this film that yeah. you wouldn't expect to see. I mean, when you see certain types of matter fly yeah. around and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, that is some real, that's real. Yeah. It's real. Okay. And yeah. then, uh, and then, of course, having the strong black man yeah. archetype that yeah. is a throwback to the 70s yeah. movies where he's able to ride off in the sunset. That's a salute. That's yeah. a 10. And this so, is someone, he cares about his community. Yeah. And even though his, his friends, even though they may not be ideal friends, mm-hmm. but he is loyal to his friends. They do come through yeah. in he a is, way. <laughs> well, some of them do. <laughs> so you definitely have to see this film and we... I uh, don't want to give anything away because you definitely have to see it. And you will not be disappointed at all. You will not be disappointed at all. You have to no. see this film, right? right? And, you know, as as it goes and it gains popularity again, yes. there can be remastering yeah. of the film. There can be remastering yeah. of the film. We just talked about that. We saw a movie... A couple of uh, nights ago, starring with Lola Falana. Yes, 
Coco. Uh, Lady Coco. Yes, and we we said, I, well, I was like, don't you think this film needs to be remastered? Because this is a great film. And yeah. this is like, I didn't even know this film existed, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, so, it's funny because Lady Coco, as we're, we're uh, moving, uh, veering off a little bit, but Lady Coco, its pacing is different. It is a definitely 1970s pacing. Right. The opening sequence, you actually feel like you drove all this way to right. Tahoe, to, to Tahoe, Nevada, right? And and was uh, uh, at this place right, right at this uh casino right and it right. feels like you really took that long drive right but i don't know if that was what they intended or they were just trying to stretch time but then mm-hmm. the storyline because lola falana was right. an incredible actor yes, she really brought that home yeah. also another film to see is this one right here uh fumes of fury that's another uh uh yeah. uh uh keith Lee film that okay. you can see on Amazon. We wanted to put okay. that up. I didn't get a chance to talk to him about that to make sure I'm putting everything in now. Okay. We have now to definitely check that one out. Yeah, we'll check that one. Greedy out. is good. Greedy and is good. And it's definitely a classic. Definitely a classic. Yeah. Let's run through some things that uh, Crazy D is involved in real quick. You know, if you haven't seen the Canton Jones video, so glad I'm saved. Yeah. We shot the Las Vegas portion and then dropboxed it to Las Vegas, I mean, excuse me, to uh, Atlanta for right. Ken Jones to edit in right. the B-10s, because B-10s plays the vocoder on there, closest right. to Roger that you will ever, that you will hear on the vocoder, and Crazy D was the one who filmed that, matched it up, so, you know, you need video work, you come and talk to me and, you know, we'll hook it up or you, you need to shoot some footage to send to a video in another state, we can do it, we make it happen. Another thing that we want to talk about real quick is a film called, which is not on the list, but you should see this. We, we're going to talk about it in the future, yeah. but you should see oh, the me. one called <coughs> The Laundromat, yeah. right? The Laundromat, great film. Um, Merle Street. Merle Street. Right. Jeffrey Wright, but Merle Street yes. at the end of this film, yeah. she does this performance at the yeah. end of the film where she basically takes off layers yeah. and comes to herself. Right. And any actress, I don't right. care what race you are, right. what you believe in as far as acting, if you can ever pull mm. off anything as genius as what she did you are truly a great actress what did I say after that scene I said I see why now she deserves every Oscar Oscar. Golden Globe Emmy Emmy. yeah so that's the laundromat now (laughs) she kills it the title throws you off a little bit it's not about a laundromat so you need to see the film about laundering money yeah yeah, well we didn't want to tell them that well they don't know what it's about though because there are multiple layers layers multiple storylines it's a new way of it's another new way of telling a story kind of like Pope Fix was right. in 95. Right. This is today and right. it's on Netflix or right crash now. For multiple storylines. Right, right. Crash. Yeah. Okay, another film we just came from the movie seeing is called Waves. Yeah. Right? 
see this movie. We're going to be reviewing this movie. We're going to be reviewing Waves yeah. in the next uh, few weeks. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be reviewing it. But we want you to watch it and so that you can call in and give your viewpoint on it. This is another yeah. storytelling yeah. Uh, new prototype of yeah. telling a story. You know, a story you say has the beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. This one goes in waves. And literally. so you should, you're literally, so, yeah. you know, that's another film that we should, you should see that yeah. we're going to be reviewing yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Now, people, before we move on to the next topics at hand, yeah. um, the TFR Showcase. That's right. We are now booking for new filmmakers and new artists who want their music, want to interview yeah. and want to promote their film or promote their music. You come on, you get an interview with us, uh, you send your interest of being on to Lordland Enterprises at hotmail.com lordlandenterprises at hotmail.com and we will send you the information and we will get you on all the platforms we'll get you out there to the people right and we want to say that because we are here for the independent right we are here for the independent and last before we get started That's not what we're talking about. You know, while you're doing that, the movie Waves Uh um, is starring Sterling K. Brown. And Mm -hmm. then we know him from the uh, TV show on NBC, This Is Us. Mm -hmm. So he's in the movie uh, Waves and he really, he kills it. He kills it. Yeah, along with starring Taylor Russell, Kevin Harris Jr., Renee Ellis Goldberg, um, Alexia Demi. I mean, great cast. So check out Waves and we will discuss. Yeah, we're going to be discussing waves. Now, people, let's get here real quick. This right here is the new double digital spotlighting independent artist. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's the Christmas edition yep. and the New Year's edition. So yep. big it needed two covers. Yeah, I like that cover. Two nice. digitals. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, because Crazy D is live. You see the Santa, um, Santa, Santa D. Crazy Santa D. Yes. Crazy, say it fast. Crazy, Crazy Sanity. Sanity. Yeah. Crazy Sanity. Yes. Right? And then Happy New Year, yeah. Real MCs. So yep. this one is Merry Christmas to the Real MCs. Yeah. And this is Happy New Year, yeah. Real MCs, right? Yeah. So speaking of New Year, you can bring in the New Year at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club with Lunell. That's true. And right, yeah. so episode eight of the music review show, the film review, yes. music review show, yeah. episode eight is up on Vimeo, is up on Mix Take a mix cloud, right? All you have to do is just search on Vimeo or Mixcloud Lordlandfilms.com yes. or Lordland Films and it will come right up and you're able to listen to it. Also, it is on Spotify. Yep. It is on Apple Podcasts. Yes. It's on Google Play. Yep. It's on 
Podcast Addict. Yep. It's on all your favorite yeah. podcast platforms yeah. because we spread out yeah. to the masses. Yeah. And the mixes are nice. That's right. You know, it's yeah. the, these are, you know, yeah. like compilation style. Yeah. But the way I put it together, there is no break. It keeps moving. It's yeah, like it's, nice. it's mixed, baby. Yeah. So you, you have to be there to see it. Now, yeah. people, before we move any further, now let's move on to the topic yes. of the night before we get into reviewing yes. uh, Shaft, right? right. <coughs> so the topic for the night, yeah. the top five reasons, right. the top five reasons yeah. the world forgets his story. The top five reasons why the world, that will be no. people, right. people around the world, Forget his story. The top five reasons. So we're going to start with number five. And when I say forget his story, what I'm talking about is the violence and the destruction that the white supremacists, the Caucasian, the bigoted individual who has band together to do this, why... The top five reasons why the world forgets his story, right? Because if they really knew his story, it will repeat the same. It wouldn't repeat. We right. wouldn't be on the hamster wheel. Okay, number five: the cause of the struggle recycles for new generations. The cause of the struggle is repackaged and given to the next generation to decipher the puzzle by discrediting. The generation before that was doing the deciphering, right? right? Uh, causing books to be written, yeah. programs to be edited that right. teach the same things over right. and over again to the next generations, yeah. right? It's yeah. basically being on the hamster wheel. Right. So if you're if you're sitting there and the cause of the struggle is recycled to you, but you don't know. Right that something came before that already explained it to you which gets to number four and three number four lack of self-determined thought process even when the information is disseminated people don't want to hear it but because but to be self-determined one day they must right right so lack of self-determined terminated thought process even when the information is disseminated people don't want to hear it but to become self-determined right one day they must right and the reason why most people don't want to hear the information is kind of more uh subconscious than conscious is the is the tactic used in number three the use of the carrot or the stick right Propping up examples of success versus quote-unquote failure. Right. Uh, free free fighters right. um, are dead. Right. Conformist exam, example, right. like Oprah with the situation, not talking about yeah, Weinstein, Weinstein okay. uh, are rich. Yes. And so that's the carrot or the stick. Right. So... The more we see 
sorrow right. porn, black sorrow porn right. in movie theaters where at the end the person doesn't succeed, right. they fall off. It's not necessarily doing us any good to see that, right? right. Because it's the carrot or the stick, right? And so most of the people who are freedom free fighters get the stick. Those who conform get rich, right. right? It appears. It appears, but in the end, even they're gotten, right? right. So number two, the forgiving spirit right. put into the masses through mass religion, right. which programs each generation to forget. So right. it's not just forgiveness, right. but once the generation who felt that they, the ones who weren't massacred, right. who feel they made it through, they only they have a forgiving spirit, but and they forget the what was done to them, and they put on excuses to why it was done to right. them. Oh, look at them! They were wearing the zoot suits. Oh, look at them! They were wearing bad clothes. That's why the police were blowing down on them. When really you were dressed to the nines, they were blowing down on you, right. and you dress and you're dressed in. Street attire. You had on mil either, uh, military uniforms. You're lynched. So still harassed. So right. people, people have a forgiving spirit, right. and thus and so, as they get older and as it goes along, they right. forget, which leads into three, four, five. Right. right. You see how this how this breaks down, right? Yeah. And why do they have a forgiving spirit? Because right. when they see Caucasian white Jesus, right. they say. I can't really raise my hand to, to my God. Right. Number one, gatekeepers. Gatekeepers over Hollywood. The example, Orlando Jones situation with American Gods. Right. Here's the guy, the first showrunners were one way and right. they told a story where there were black gods. Right. Second showrunner comes in, is not as successful and right. decides to go back to telling black god story. Right. This one comes in and, and wants to completely erase. wants to totally erase it, right? Right. Which is a total aggravation, right? Right. So uh gatekeepers over Hollywood. Right. Gatekeepers over the textbook. Right. History of uh, uh blurbs with uh, example, history blurbs with Trump supporters okay. where a reporter uses Nixon's impeachment facts right. and the Trump supporters didn't know right. because the history of Nixon is not in the history book because somebody says right. let's not muddy up Republicans right. or let's not muddy up Democrats right. by putting in Bill Clinton in the cigar or okay. putting in Nixon and the impeachment right. uh, hearings and thus and so people they're not educated and they and so gatekeepers over the textbooks right gatekeepers over commercials on television right. they show you mixed couples and they make it seem right. like America is uh, into interracial relationships when right. that's furthest from the truth because right. of fear of the black planet right right uh, controlling over the internet and right. we see that now the new rules that are coming down trying to stop people from putting across at first it was like the wild wild west right. now they put clamps on it finally found a way to put clamps on it and now you have to watch what you say which means that yeah. you can't put across 
the information that's necessary. So that is the top five reasons uh, why his story is forgotten. Number five, the cause of the struggle recycle for new generations. Number four, lack of self-determined thought process. Number three, the use of carrot or stick. Number three, the forgiving spirit. And number one, gatekeepers over Hollywood, over the textbooks, over commercials, on television, and over the internet. And I just, I agree with your list. And I just want to add also, uh, for example, today we were watching um, a channel and in their, uh, was it like a commercial? Mm-hmm. And because um, it's all about, this channel is all about like musicals and entertainment, you know, films with musicals. Right. So in this commercial, like they show all of the different routines and we see like the what, Fred Astaire mm-hmm. and and so many of the other like old old like Hollywood actors, you know, movies, movies mm-hmm. doing their routines, right? Dance, Dance routines. routines, singing, and and so. But I asked you, I said, well, they didn't show the Nicholas Brothers, right? And they were famous and known for being great dancers, great right? dancers. Right. So it's like, okay, so we're gonna like, well, wipe them out of history, right? And then so you know that, and then also if we one of the other um, reasonings. Also, I feel if they can rewrite history, right, and wipe away the truth, such as like the atrocities, let's say that, you know, were done, have been done, still are being done to uh, black Americans, then we don't have to um, talk about uh, what we did to a community of people. Right. And if we kind of like ignore all of this, then we can wash away and wipe away the whole reparations, right? right? Because we don't have to admit to what we did to a community. That's right. And we can seem, make that community seem like it's more violent when the most violent people on the planet right. are the white supremacists. All across All the across world. the world. Right. So Every people, country has a story they can tell you. Every country. And speaking of countries, people, yeah, colonization. the film review, right. movies, music, culture, politics, and society podcast, the husband right. and wife team right. are all over the globe and we right. are going global yeah. countries at a time, right. right? And we are on, again, uh, what did I say? Oh, yes. Spotify. Spotify. iHeart. Uh, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Google Play, right? Podcast Addict, right? And of course, uh, what's the last one? We already said Spotify. That's right. right. So make sure, people, that you tune in right. and you uh, tell a friend, yes. because we are spreading across these. When you see the dark blue, that means that it's real heavy. Okay. Like we're heavy here in Europe, right? And we're picking up. But this is Indonesia, and right. and then this right here is India. And this right here is Azania, which is South Africa. Over here is, let me see if I move my hand back, is Tunisia right there, right next to Libya. And then, you know, you just going on and going on. Egypt, right? We are playing in countries, and that's why people who have film (coughs) and people who have 
music. Right. They need to get with you because you can build your plans from off of who watches and listens up, listens to us right. on the map. Right. That's what we afford you. So. Lordland Enterprises at Hotmail.com. That's Lordland Enterprises at Hotmail.com. Now, people, the last of the night. Yes. The last of the night. And we got every, we had a jam-packed show. Yeah. Right? Yep. In the la- well, actually, it's not the last of the night because we still have to talk about, um, uh, still have to talk about, um, None Watchmen. other than The Watchmen. That's right. So, yep. Shaft, 1971. Yep. 48 years ago, right? Strong black man archetype. Yep. John Shaft, played by Richard Roundtree, right? Opens with the theme by Isaac Hayes. Yep. Introduces Shaft via visuals. Right. He is a hard-nosed New Yorker. Right. That New York traffic can't even stop. Right. You remember the intro. It breaks It breaks from the God shot right. to when the car almost, the cabbie almost hits him. And he goes, ah, then he cuts <laughs> to looking through from the POV of the cabbie. Beautiful work on right. the uh, on the part of the cinematographer and the yeah. director, yeah. Gordon Park. Yeah. Right? The film really kicks off with a goon going off the plate glass window of Shaft's office and plunging. Yeah. Plunging. That's when the film really kicks off. Yeah. It's about the mob has taken a numbers runner, or let me say a black gangster's daughter, and Shaft uh, has to get her back. It's hired to get her back, right? It's the mob, black liberation, black liberation fighters, the police, black love, black gangsters, all in one cacophony mm-hmm. with the Isaac Hayes soundtrack. Yes. Right. Yeah. This is another classic. Film. Uh, another classic film. Now, yes. so what makes Shab so interesting is he is a private detective yes. that. If not respected by the mob, they know after they get after it's finished, they know not to mess with him. Right. right? He sticks it to the man. Right. But at the same time, the the liberation fighters consider him the man because he works alongside the man. So it is telling a story of what we go through today, how people say, oh man, you, 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 you man, you, you, you can't be nothing but a coon because you, you work with the man, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, so it's a dynamic and it's all pushing through and shaft though, not a coon, right? He is shown throughout the film, yeah. has to push yeah. to prove himself. Again and again, not to people, but to himself. Yeah, that he is the strong black male archetype that's walking through. Now, once it got to TV, well, they kind of took Richard Roundtree and made him say yes, a boss on Mm -hmm. TV. Mm -hmm. But the film, because this this is reminding me of American Gods now. But anyway, yes. (laughs) So there's Shaft, uh, Shaft's big score. Okay, Shaft in Africa. Right. 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 Three films, Richard Roundtree, yes. 
a great right. black acting. Yes, excellent. Black actor. Yeah. Uh, Storyline, the through line yep. of one sticking it to the man, right. and then at the same time, right, great music. Uh, great music, and at the same time, being that strong figure that people yeah. do call on, right, to solve things. Right. To solve situations they cannot solve themselves. Right. Shaft. Right. And you know, we're not gonna go into costume plot. and design. Like we can't cannot not talk about his his leather jacket. Yes. Just, you know, great, great and hair and just nice. No name bar. Yeah. Just the music alone, besides yeah. the scene, Isaac Hayes. What's the shaft of independent? Well, well, it's independent, but it was distributed. Okay. You know, he, okay. he distributed. It was distributed by the majors. Okay. Right. Okay. But Gordon Park, who was the photographer right. of the decade, then, right? I mean, excuse me, of the century then, right? Who covered the Dust Bowl? Right. Who covered the civil rights, uh, civil rights movement down south? Right. Uh, there's a picture of. A young woman and her daughter oh, yeah, in the white. Both of nice. them are dressed in white. Yeah. And above them is a sign in neon that says "Colored yeah. Only." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Colored Only. Yeah. It, it, it's a searing picture yeah. that just tells the tale. And his images and yeah. his Gordon Parks images right. and his cinematography in this. Yeah. The angles that he catches, yeah, beautiful. It, to tell the story, right? Beautifully done, yeah. Right, and you should see Shaft. We should not only for it being a strong black male archetype, yeah. but for everything that we said. So, what would you rate the film? Definitely a ten. You know, I would give it. You know, I'm going to give it a ten for everything that I said. Go ahead. Yeah. And I mean, and to just to know that his son. Gordon Parker's son, Junior, Junior, right? Went on to do Superfly, Superfly right? Which took, is also a classic. He took his father's concept of the God Shot, right, and took it to a whole nother, a whole nother level right. by actually having dialogue happen yeah. between the two junkies yeah. that are walking. Watch this from the God <laughs> Shot; they are talking, right, right. But when you look close, their lips aren't actually moving. It's ADR put in later. Right. Beautiful work. And right. then it shows them, and we've talked about that before. Go back and watch our review on Superfly. Yes. Right? Yes. His son was taking his father's vision yeah. and putting his vision to it and yeah. taking it further, right? Yep. Wow. This has been a robust show. Yes. So now, people. The Watchmen. The Watchmen, right? On HBO. On HBO. Yeah, starring right, Regina we, King. We're going to be watching that in a few minutes. But anyway, look, people. The last uh, uh, episode. The last right? episode of the season. Now, does it tell an uncomfortable truth? Watchmen on HBO. Does Watchmen tell an uncomfortable truth? Right. Set in an alternative world where mass superheroes are seen as criminals or visual antis masked. Amongst that world, that dystopia, 
Utopia, utopia is everything is nice. Dystopia is everything is not nice. It's disjointed. The world is crack. It's Dutch. It's, it's just messed up. Amongst that, the police are masked and they fight against a white supremacist organization. Right? This is a shocker for anyone who saw the original Watchmen movie in the theaters. You would have thought that Watchmen was going to be one thing and that Regina King's yeah. character was only going to be, yeah. you know, something just one of the Watchmen. But this whole situation turns from being something about nuclear destruction mm -hmm. to the destruction of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma yeah. in 1921. They take yes. historic facts yes. to tell a story, right? Based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it begins in a flashback sequence that brings you to a forward sequence, right? Begins in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma in Black Wall Street, the Black Wall Street Massacre where they always used to call these things race riots, but only it was only one thing. It was only one race rioting right. against the other race that right. was successful right. while they were having downtime. That, right. That's what most of these race riots were about. It right. was the Caucasians that were, were in bad community. situation right. where the black community were, were thriving. Rosewood, uh, uh, the... Um, uh, oh man, I can't believe so I'm going many. blank. So many though, yeah. and then this one, right. uh, Black Wall Street in right. Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1921. 1921 is one of the most well-known situations. Right. It takes a look at race during an unexpected time in our history, where racism, bigotry, and hate openly raises its head. And we're not talking about back in 1921. We're talking about right now. Right in 2019 yes. right we're talking about right now is taking a look at racism and bigotry and white supremacy during a time uncomfortable time which we are going through right now yes right regina king yep. is angela abar mm. yaya abdul uh, mateen the yes. second is cal abar Louis Gossett Jr. is Will Reeves, right. Javon Adepo, right. young Will Reeves, mm -hmm. Jamal Akapo mm -hmm. is Bass Reeves. Now, the the first episode, episode one, this is a spoiler, people, but it's not going to spoil anything, but it opens yeah. up and it's in black and white and it's and you hear the music playing. And it's a silent film playing, right? Yeah. There is a person in white being chased on a horse yeah. by a person all dressed in black. So there's a white horseman. Yeah. Then there is a person dressed in black right. chasing him, right? right. And... The person is the white person is knocked off the horse, and the black person comes up, and then some white folks come running out of a church, right? right. And when I looked at this, uh, it was like, "What's going on 
Ranger, as they do the sub, as they do the subtitling, right? What's going on, Ranger? And then he says, "I'm Bass Reeves." And so, for people who know who Bass Reeves is, he's the original Texas Ranger. He is actually the Lone Ranger, and as we know, the Lone Ranger they turned it. It, it had the man put on. A mask, a black mask, and it's kind of like the story that's told within. It's a metaphor. It's an assembly. This is to this. Is that is to that. It's kind of like what the story is told within the Watchmen in actual time of R E E L time in the storyline about how a certain superhero is thought to be one thing. Right. And, and portrayed to be one thing, but in actuality, he is actually yeah. someone else, yeah. right? So Bass Reeves. So when I say, I said that's Lone Ranger. That's yeah, the Lone is. Ranger. That's the, I yeah. kept saying that's the Lone Ranger. That's yeah, the Lone Ranger, right? Yeah. It's good to be able to know these things. That's what goes about being sane yeah. as a black person. That's why it's important to see black images right. and know black history. We put a post up on Instagram mm -hmm. with the black inventors. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and it went like around. And it's going, it's going, going to town. town everyone right? loves the it. Yeah. Black inventors because you see things yeah. because black people were actually the ones doing the work. So those would be the ones who would invent things to make work easier and yeah. then as it was right. people were able to take it because you had no rights and etc etc et yeah. but to know this is to be sane yeah. and then you can sit up and watch that television program and know oh that was when we were young and we didn't know right. about what was happening so we have to revert back and think about when we were young to be able to right. enjoy yeah. all white movies where they right. may have blacks in the back doing subservient things right now, this folklore is created uh, for Watchmen, a DC comic by Damon Lindelof. Okay. Lindelof. That's okay. what. That's how I pronounce it. Lindelof. Right. Okay. Uh, it's based on the 1996 Watchmen by uh, Alan Moore and yeah. David Gibson. Right. Okay. It kind of reminds us of American Gods, the yeah. way the first season of American Gods yeah. was, really and how small. it introduced Mr. Nancy yes. and, and introduced more of the God. I mean, there was a black female God yes. that was swallowing yeah. men of whole. Yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> you have to see season one see of American Gods, one. right? Yeah. Then uh, season two, you have to. Uh, well, you're going to have to watch to get the storyline but past the first four episodes and the fifth through the rest yeah. rolling like the first episode this new season unless they bring Mr. Nancy back, back make sure that Orlando Jones is playing the part right. unadulterated no cooning right. we, they're going to lose and it, it's always it seems like they don't feel like it matters yeah that they lose, but they lose, right? Let's go through the cast real quick. Um, starring, of course, Regina King. Um, you said uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen mm -hmm. II, Louis Gossip Jr., mm -hmm. legend, um, Jeremy Irons, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Andrew Howard, Gene Smart, 
um, from the television show Designing Women. I haven't seen her in a while. So Jean Smart plays Agent Blake. Um, Tom Meissen, Francis Fisher, Adeline Clemens, Sarah Vickers. I mean, it goes on and it on. It goes on and on. And also uh, Hong Chow. She's right. also. Yeah, she's also yeah. in it. And we're not going to go through the whole list. You can search that out for yourself. But let me tell you yeah. something. The creator said when he chose who the masked Avenger would be, yeah. he was a comic book guy. And, yeah. and so he never, they never revealed who he was. And yeah. so he chose to go in this direction. And you have to see this. Now, one thing about. Regina King's character, right. uh, Angela Abar, uh, Louis Gossett Jr., Will Reeves, Young Will Reeves, Bass Reeves. Do you get it? They are related. Now, this is folklore within folklore of DC Comics. Yeah. Here's a real man, yep. right? Bass Reeves, yeah. who is the Lone Ranger. And these characters that are drawn in this story on the Watchmen are related to Bass Reeves. Yes, that was nice to find. Nice touch. Nice touch. Nice. Line. So you see, like when you go back and you look at the black exploitation movies of the seventies, a lot of them were yeah. produced or maybe even written by Jewish. Right, except for Dolomite. Dolomite was written by a black man, yeah. produced by a black man, shot by a black man. But for a lot of the times, yeah. they were combination of yeah. Jewish and black people coming together to make this film. Now, this is the same thing with um, with uh, let me get his name again so I can have it. Uh, Damon uh, Lindo. That I'm trying to shorten the name. Damon Lindolf, right? Okay. That's probably how it's pronounced. Okay. He has a heart to tell this story because yeah. he had been watching documentaries, yeah. right? And he had been watching documentaries and he had uh, come to this and it kept sticking in his mind. It kept sticking in his mind. And he decided to go this way. And this has brought out a masterpiece with the acting prowess that he has on screen, right? Yeah. And it's something that is so interesting. It is the, to me, we were going to say this last week, I will say it now, is the number one yeah. show yeah. on television that has to do with action, adventure, shooting, all that uh, superheroes. It's the best yeah. well production written. on TV. Yeah. And but I fear because <laughs> HBO hasn't, even though it's the number one thing, HBO has not officially at this time mm -hmm. called for it to be renewed. Okay. Right? Okay. So they snuck one through. Right? Mm -hmm. They snuck one through. Right. It, it, it educated right. uh Caucasians in this country right. about a travesty that happened right. with Black Wall Street that right. was self right. uh, self-sustaining right. self-determined right. had uh, industry right. matter of fact right. they were trading with China mm -hmm. had that set up before America mm -hmm. was trading with China and what happens yeah. America somehow takes over what Black people were doing and yeah. then they started trading. You see, 
but they had this trade line going back and forth with China before America was trading with China. Do you see what I'm saying to you here? So this is one that snuck through and I fear that the aggravation that, because that's what they teach you, what you're taught, that white supremacy, white supremacists are put there to give you, put you in a constant state of aggravation to keep you on the hamster wheel. What we talked about, the top five reasons why uh, the world or people forget uh, forget his story. Right. right. Right? And it's a constant thing. So here we are, we're telling the story about his story in a context of self-determined black people to right. uplift themselves still. Right. And then here comes someone in that may right. be a different showrunner that may fear that right. there may be a Denmark VC style uprising from right. black people in America if they see this on TV. Which makes me believe now right. that when white folks see white supremacists or those gang uh, those motorcycle gang shows on TV, right. they actually believe it. It's not just entertainment. And when they see them smashing and killing mm -hmm. up black folks, they believe it. Okay. Because, and thus and so, then they project onto us right. that we're going to believe and want to uprise and do things because they do. It, it, it's, really, it's really a weird situation. And so I fear that this constant state of aggravation like everybody was waiting for it. people who were hip to American gods was right. looking forward to American gods yeah uh, season three season three but now we're not too much looking forward to it because I watched right. the first episode I don't see Mr. Nancy I think that you know, I mean, a lot of people, right? It was all over social media. Yeah, all over. It, a lot of people will not be happy. There is a there is a petition being signed to bring back Mr. Nancy, right. angry, self determined as he was. You should go right. sign that yes. and push it through. Matter of fact, we should call for the ouster of the showrunner right. and put the two original men back in who had right. the heart. That's my point. You can have a heart and have knowledge. They right. researched these yeah. gods, right? right? Yeah. And they brought them to life. Right. And they researched these gods, right? Right? And they did in in their white supremacist mind. Right. They freed themselves a right white supremacist mind to be able to put this across. And right. this is what this man did for. Uh, Watchmen, yeah. and that's why you should watch at least this one season. We don't know if it's going to be a season two because it's pretty strong. Yeah. It's it's a lot great of information. writing, great, great writing. writing. Yeah. So people and acting, Regina King, she kills it. So what would you rate? So what would you rate? Watchmen definitely a, a ten. Like I said, because of the acting, mm -hmm. Regina King, she deserves. Now I wonder if she's an Oscar award winner, like yeah. like a uh, uh, Meryl Streep. Right, because Regina King is an excellent. And did I mention actor. to say that somewhere in there, there's Doctor Manhattan? Right. Right, and so watch it. You have to yes. watch it, so you yes. give it a ten. Ten, definitely. That's right. So I give it a ten. Yes. Costuming. Yes. Story through line. Cinematography. Based on actual living people. Yeah. Um, you said cinematography. Yeah. Uh acting prowess of yep. the people who get up there and act and tell this story. Right. 10. 
All right, people. So this has been another great episode of the Film Review. Yeah. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. We are the husband and wife team. Yeah. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and, and first, society. And we also want to thank Keith for being on our show. That's right. And thank Keith Lee for yes. being on the show. Yes. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. We will see yeah. you next week on the Film yes. Review. Good night. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on Facebook at Crazon Dion. Hey, everybody. This is Lunell, the original bad girl of comedy. I'm here at the Link Promenade in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and you're watching the Film Review.